0: Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Hallelujah. In our uh, last Sunday, as as you know, I was teaching on um, how to study your Bible. And I said, I'm going to continue. And last Sunday, I spoke about the fact that every believer must is not enough to be a Bible believer. You must be a Bible reader in order to be able to be what God has called you to be, do what God has called you to be, work, be effective in your work with God. There is always the need to be not just a believer of the Bible, but a reader of the Bible. You must be a vor- vor- voracious reader. A consumer of the Bible. It says, your words were found and I eat, it, I did eat them. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found and I did eat them. And your words became the joy and the rejoicing of my soul. Hallelujah. So the word inside, it said oh, how sweet are your words to my taste. The word of God must be your desire. Job 12, 23, I think. So he says that, I have loved your word more than my my necessary food. So every believer and everyone who works with God must work with God in the depths of his word. The deeper you go in his word and in knowledge, the more effective and more the, the, the stronger your relationship with God and your work with God. In the days of trouble, he said, he that hears my words and put them into action. It will be like a man who builds his house on a rock, you see, so we are building, you are all building, but building on the rock has to do with first hearing God's word, receiving the word of God, and then putting it into action. The Bible also says in the book of James that uh, um, uh, it's a laying aside all superfluity of naughtiness. Uh, uh, let's receive James chapter 1. Let's receive the engrafted word of God. So we have to receive the word. When you receive, it said which is able to save your soul. Receive the word which is able to save your soul. Bible says when the apostles heard in Acts chapter 8 that Samaria has, had received the word. Samaria had received the word. So the word of God is meant to be received. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Acts chapter 19 verse 20. The word of God must grow and prevail. And it starts by growing in the believers. Amen. So how does the word of God grow in you? You must give yourself to the reading or the hearing of scripture. How to, I spoke about five ways, steps to grasping the word of God. Number one, give yourself to hearing of scripture. Number two, read the scripture. Number three, study the scripture. Number four, share all Teach, okay. Share the scriptures or teach the scriptures. And then number five, apply the scriptures. This is how to have grace, grips, total, to grasp the word of God in your life totally. Alright. So with that in the days of adversity, you don't fall off. So I'm talking today on how to study your Bible part two. And I want to talk. I've spoken the other time I spoke about how to um hear the word, now reading the word. So here and then now the second book part is read the word. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 3 it says that blessed is he that reads, see read it. Blessed is he that read it, read it, that read it and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for for the time is at hand. Blessed. There's a lot to do and a lot... The blessing that you are preaching has a lot to do with the word that you read, you hear, and you apply. Hallelujah. So you, how can you apply a word you are not reading? So you have to read the word. Read the word or hear the word. But it's all important aspects of our Christian work. Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 19 says that, And it shall be with him and... He shall sorry and it shall be with him and he that read he that read therein all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God to keep all the ways of this law and these statutes to do them so it speaks about it shall be to him and he shall read therein all the ways uh, he shall read therein all the days of his life so all your life the word of God must be coming. Keep your eyes open. When we were children in church, we were taught this. And we have left, many of us have just left it for children. No. But it's for actually adults. Hallelujah. If you want to grow, if you want to grow. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. In Caris, we are reading Hebrews chapter ten, and I stumbled across something that was a blessing to me. In Hebrews chapter ten, verse um, twenty-six says that for if we if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, okay. See, so if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, what have we received? The knowledge of the truth, because it is the knowledge of the truth that determines your mastery over sin, that that determines the your the quality of your work with God, the quality. So that He gave them apostles, pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers, for the equipping of the saints, till we all verse thirteen of Ephesians chapter four, till we all come to the unity of faith, to the to the to the uh, fullness of the stature to the stature of the fullness of Christ all right or, or the knowledge of Christ talk about knowledge knowing him and coming to the fullness so it's not what Bible says in second Peter chapter 2 verse 18 grow in knowledge and grow in grace and in the knowledge. Alright, so it's always important. That is why in the Bible, Paul's letters, you keep hearing, I do not want you to be ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. And then in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, it says, and we know, we know, we know, they that worship their father must worship in spirit and in truth, you know. It's not feelings, but it is insight, knowledge that generates insight. It's so important that everyone gives himself to study of scripture. So we have to hear and then read. There's a difference between read and study, I I'll I will tell you in a minute. In First Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, it says that, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Reading. Give attendance to reading. Give attendance. Brothers and sisters, I know your life is very busy. You are a very, very busy person. But don't be so busy you can't take your medication. Don't be so busy you can't have time for your children. Don't be so busy you can't have time for your your, your marriage. Don't be so busy you can't have time to eat. Don't be so busy you can't have time to freshen up and wash don't be so busy you can't have time to do what normal you can't have time to sleep all right it's dangerous so um i heard a story of a certain professor went to a classroom and then took a big jar a jar and filled it with big big um rocks filled it with rocks and he asked to the top and he asked the students, is the jar full? And they all, how many of you think it's full? And they say yes, it's full. The jar is full with the rocks. And then he took, later on, then he took pebbles, smaller rocks, pebbles, and then poured them into the the bottle. All right, was able to pour and they went in and filled those spaces that the rock couldn't fill. And he asked them, is it full? They say, yes, it's full. All right, then he took sand and poured and there was space for sand. Even though it was full, there was space for pebbles. And even though it was, the pebbles filled it, there was still space for sand. All right. And there will be space for water. <laughs> so, the, and then he said that, you see, life is like that. You have to, he, and then he said, what about the other way around? If you fill it with the sand, you don't have time for pebbles and you don't have time for the rocks. And he said, the rocks are the critical and important things of your life. So like marriage, like your health, Okay, like your work with God. So your work with God, your marriage, your family life, your health. These are major, and if you're a student, your studies, this career, these are major aspects. Actually, first of all, your marriage, your your, your work with God, your family life, your health, these are major aspects of your life. Unfortunately, we don't give those things a priority. We give the priority to things like your job, which are pebbles, your job, your bank account, your the, the things that the, the house you live in the car you drive all those things and then the sun things are just friendship relationship how people think about you all those things are but unfortunately sometimes people fill their lives with those things first and they actually do that at the detriment and the expense of their work with god their health their family praise god so he said, so I come, give attendance to reading. Give attendance because it's important. So, reading of your Bible. Now, quickly, what's the, purpose? the main purpose for reading your Bible is not uh, to know po- points for argument, to be able to go. And, no. The main purpose for reading your Bible is to know Jesus or, or is to feed your spirit. Okay. So to know Jesus. That's why you read your Bible is to know Jesus and to be closer to God. Hallelujah. Now what are the tools for effective Bible reading? If you want to st- read your Bible, what do you need so you can have effective Bible reading? Number one, actually I don't want to call this number one a two, but purposes of uh, explanation. Let me call it's like the things you need. What you Need in order to have a effective Bible reading. Number one is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit because it's the spiritual things. You remember when I was teaching about last in our last session, actually the very last session when I was teaching about um, the proper right approach to uh, um, the Bible. Okay, the I spoke about the getting. The most of your Bible. I spoke about vital keys for understanding the Bible. Yeah, the vital keys for understanding the Bible. I spoke about how, um, um, it is spiritualia, spirituality, examinatu, which means it takes spiritual things to discern spiritual things. Okay. Spiritualia, spirituality, examinatu, which is, I told you that will underget a lot of the things that we're teaching. So don't forget that principle, that it takes spirituality to get spiritual things. And the Bible is a spiritual material. All right. It's meant to feed your spirit. So if you are going to feed, you need the Holy Spirit. So number one is the Holy Spirit. It's a Holy Spirit. And then, Number two, uh, that you need for reading your Bible uh, to have an effective Bible reading is a Bible. <laughs> you need a Bible. How can you read the Bible without having a Bible? All right. So number one is the Spirit. Number two is is the Bible. Or you let me just take the Spirit out because it's it's it's, it's essential. So you need a Bible besides the Holy Spirit. You need the Bible. Number two, you need a heart, a heart, a heart to which is hungry for God, a heart that wants to know God, a heart that wants to get closer to God. You remember, spiritual layer, spirituality, examinato, which means that the Bible can only be understood by somebody whose spirit is open to God in reverence. You actually really want to know God. You want to get close to Him. So it's it's actually a great asset, asset in reading your Bible. So number one, the Bible, or the spirit, all right? The spirit, your, the Bible, number three, a heart, Okay, a heart for God. Number, number four, I think it's good to have a uh, writing instrument, pens and markers, things you can underline when you're reading the Bible. The Bible is f- for reading. Okay, it's not, it's, it's not for decoration. So sometimes it's okay. It's okay to underline things in your Bible, mark things, mark things. It's a steady material. When you are reading, it's good to underline things. So you need a pen. And then you also need a notepad. After you, you note something, you write it down. So that it's very important. I've noted this down. And then um, you need, uh, this is very important. You need a, a, your teacher's voice. What do I mean by your teacher's voice? You see, who teaches you will help, will determine how well you'll be helped in the scriptures. In Acts chapter 8, I think verse 32 or somewhere there in the 30, 31, 32. He said, do you understand what you read? Okay, how can I accept someone explains it to me? So sometimes when you are reading, you need your teacher's voice. For instance, let's say you are going to read on salvation or justification. It is good that you have already had a teaching on justification. That's your teacher's voice. That's why every Christian must have your teacher. You need your teacher's voice. What do I mean by your teacher's voice? You need to be broad-minded, but to to be able to do effective reading, there is a voice, a trusted voice that you need. Or oh, one, two, three—not too many voices. Bible says that you don't have uh, you. You can have ten thousand. Uh, um, um, First Corinthians chapter four verse fifteen, it says, "For though uh, you have ten thousand instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers." Okay, many father didn't say one father, many fathers. So there are some people who play fatherly role in your spiritual journey. Okay, and it's always good to hear the voice of your teacher. It's very important the voice of your teacher. So you are going to study justification. You hear uh, what Pastor David Entry has said about it. You hear what other other authorities that you're you're actually the. People in line with your teacher or your teacher's teachers, okay, or who your teacher make references to, sometimes go to hear them what they've got to say on the subjects as you study. All right, I'm tuning steady a lot, but as you read your Bible. So you need your teacher's voice and then you also need a dictionary because you may come across some words, for instance, concupiscence. (laughs) you come across a word that might not be familiar with you. So it's just quick. And nowadays, because of technology, sometimes you might have a dictionary on your phone and it will help you. And then it is also helpful to, in reading your Bible, it's helpful to have one other translation at least just reading because you are reading something and you want to make sense of what you've read but maybe you read it in King James or New King James or NIV and you're not quite sure so it's just good to maybe let's say you have one other usually when I'm doing bible reading I tend to have the New King James King James and NIV or uh, so if I'm using New King James just uh, New King James and NIV. Just Bible reading. So I'm, I may, I might come across a phrase, a statement that is not very clear. I just go, let me see how it is rendered in the New King James. Someone I saw someone saying that all oh, the Bibles have different Bibles are seven, saying different. They don't say different things. Please, the Bibles you see here, they are not a Bible is a Bible. They are all saying the same thing, but they've been rendered differently. The original is Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. Okay. The Old Testament is from Hebrew and part of it is from Aramaic. And then the New Testament is Greek. It's the same Greek that trans- practically. So it was all translated. But, you know, King James said, Thou, thee, there. New King James does not use all those uh, Shakespearean English. And then. Um, NIV uses much more modern language. Uh, modern language. There are more technical aspects of it, but I don't want to. It's not necessary to go into that. But for your st- for your reading, it's just good to know what other versions have said. If you are reading, for instance, let's say I'm reading Hebrews, like I said yesterday, this month, encourage you are reading Hebrews. So I'm reading, like I just quoted, Hebrews chapter, um, chapter ten, verse verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. That is um, King James. Then I, this is NIV. I take NIV and then I read from the NIV. Let's see, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. NIV says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Did you see that? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. How does King James put it? King David says that let us hold fast the profession of our faith. It's the same thing. Those who say oh the are different verses, I said don't mind them. They don't. They don't. They are just looking for reason to accuse the Word of God. Okay, so it's the same thing. But did you realize that it's been put in the King James said let us um, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Whilst NIV says that. um, Let us hold unswervingly. So, holding fast means unswervingly. When you read another, maybe more lighter verses, it may use different. Uh, But this is reading. Reading is when you are just going through, just from maybe verse one, reading all the way to the end of the verse, just reading to have a general idea of what is saying. Okay, that is reading. So to read your Bible is just, you take it and you start reading, reading, reading. Why do I need a pen? Just you see something, you mark it as you keep reading, reading. So your focus is on the whole text that you are reading, the whole verse or particular, maybe the whole chapter. I'm sorry, the whole chapter. All right, Or maybe two chapters. You're just reading to be familiar with what it's saying and what the subject of the chapter is. That's reading. That's Bible reading. And you need, so you need a dictionary. You need pens and markers, and then you need a translation. So let me recap. You need your, the Holy Spirit, the Bible, your heart, your uh, pens and markers, notes, your notes, a uh, note pad, your teacher's voice, dictionary, and maybe one more version a different version of the Bible, it helps read. Now, how to read your Bible? You have to read it purposely. So now, how do I go about not reading? These are the tools that how, what do I do when I'm coming to read my Bible? Schedule, number one, schedule time. Schedule, you need a schedule that, okay, 6 a.m. I'm going to be reading my Bible. It's always important to have a schedule you are following. It will help you. Some people just, uh today, okay, I'm free now. Don't read your Bible when only when you are free. Schedule time to read it. Don't wait for a free time because you will never have free time. Because free is subjective. The term, it, depends, it depends on what is important to you. Anything that is important to you, make time for it everything important you make time for when someone says I'm busy I'm busy I can't come to church it's because church is not that important I'm busy I'm busy I can't talk to you on the phone because you are not that (laughs) important it's true you are not that important at the moment I'm doing this can you imagine someone calls me on the phone no no I can't talk this is more important at this moment than any other thing so when people say I don't have time it's because you are, it's just a rate, it's that it, it, rating it based on importance. So make sure schedule time for God's word. This is how you read your Bible. Other than that, it doesn't come automatically. Schedule time to read your Bible. Number two, choose. So, like in Caris, we are reading this month. We started with Romans. Romans ends on fifth chapter sixteen, so we finish on the sixteenth of this month. We ended Romans chapter sixteen, and then we went on from Hebrews. So Romans uh, the seventeenth of this month we read Hebrews chapter one. Eighteenth of this month Hebrews chapter two. So yesterday, yes, um, yesterday being twenty sixth of this month, we read Hebrews chapter ten. Okay, and today being twenty seventh, we are reading Hebrews chapter. 11 and Hebrews that you see so you must choose so if you are doing your own Bible reading you must choose don't do this no don't do that don't read it like jackpot arbitrarily like some of you might have heard this story where someone was doing that and then open and he said then he said and Judas went to hang himself oh no, I don't want it, it's not nice. Uh, then he opened again, put his finger there and open and he says, Go and do likewise. <laughs> I said, No, no, I don't lie down. I did again open. He said, What do you have to do? Do quickly. All right, don't read the Bible like that. Don't read the Bible like that. Have a shadow and choose me. so to this month, this week, you are reading Timothy or First Timothy. So read it systematically, okay. So, okay, Pastor, do I read it from Genesis? Oh no, no, don't start. If you want to, don't start reading from Genesis, okay. If you are new to the Bible, don't start reading from. If you want to read through the Bible, start reading from the New Testament and the simpler books like First John, Second John, Third John, James then you maybe after you can start with first john then after you finish first john you can choose to finish second john and third john and then you come to the book of john potentially it's good the book of john the gospel according to john you read john then when you finish maybe you can go to mark or you can go to james you see so you t- take it book after book and then begin to read it systematically and then you can go into the psalms and then the old testament because other than that when you start reading first chronicles first five chapters discourage you, and this begat, this begat, begat, and begat, 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 this begat, like Genesis chapter, chapter one, sorry, Genesis chapter five, and this one begat, this like, it's oh, you, you get bored easily, all right, so it's good to start from stories, the stories, the narratives, and the didactics, so start from a smaller book, so shadow and then choose where you are reading, number three, so when you come and sit down, you have shadowed a time, you sat down, choose and then number 3 you are about to read but pray ask the holy spirit to speak to you what should be your prayer topic when you are about to read the bible you have to pray holy spirit speak to me god let me see jesus let me understand let me grasp something and then change me see this are when it comes to study I'll, I'll go a bit more into that and then um number 4 read start reading read number 5 make notes Number six, mark mark things that you notice, and then make notes. Okay, that's just quick reading. That's not studying. That's just reading. Reading is just you have going through. And then number seven, try and memorize. So John three, I always say John three sixteen. I don't know. I say so. Let's say um. Uh, what should I call? Okay, Romans chapter five verse eight. It said that God commended His love towards us this way: that whilst we are sinners, Christ. That so, memorize something. Try and memorize. Commit something to memory when you read something. And then, so to help you memorize, all right, you can have a small card or something, and then you write the text on it. It's in your pocket as you are. You go on your lunch or you are in the bus on the bus. Sometimes you look, try to remember. Okay. Say it and then check, check yourself. If you are saying it right. Sometimes give it to somebody and try and say it. It's good exercise. It's not only for children. It's good for adults or the children of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So, um, and then, so memorize and obey, 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 obey. So read honestly, prayerfully with an open heart. Simply put, when you are reading, read honestly, prayerfully, with an open heart. Just open. Some people come to the Bible and they know what they are looking for. I want God to say these things. So they are not reading with an open heart. Whatever God has to say, you have to pray that God speak to me. So recap, uh, how how to read your Bible. Schedule, number one is to schedule. Number two is to choose the book, okay? You are reading or choose where you're reading. Number three, um, pray, Number four, start reading. Read it. Number five, make notes. Number six, mark. Number seven, memorize. Number eight, obey. All right? So, first of all, to grasp your Bible, hear, read, study. How do you study your Bible? In Proverbs, let's look at a few texts. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 28 says that the heart of the righteous studies to To answer, but the mouth of the wicked pour out evil things. The heart of the righteous steadies to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pour out evil things. In Isaiah 34 16, the Bible says, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail, none shall want her mate. For my mouth it has commanded, and his spirit and and his spirit all right and his spirit isha, it, it's a, it has gathered them all right so he said just seek the book read. Read the book, read, okay? So we have to study, give it as critical attention. To study means you are giving critical attention to um, the words, the structure, and I'm going to go into that how to. So you are giving critical attention as you are reading, a critical attention, analysis to what you are reading, analyzing what you are reading in a critical fashion and comparing it to other stuff. So um, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 12 talks about the writing, there's no end, to writing of books and much studying where is the soul much studying so there are always is steady opportunity to study there will always be books but, but the the fact is studying is part of development of life amen and then in acts chapter 17 verse 11 bible talks about the Berean Christians they went back to search the scriptures to see if the things Paul was saying were so so they went back to search the scriptures daily so search the scriptures in uh, John chapter five verse thirty nine jesus said he search the scriptures thinking that in them ye have eternal life all right so they search the scriptures search that is way to study you are searching in fact uh, let my, may I say this to uh, so it's my interest you to know that the bible when it was written the bible w- was not written and divided into chapters it's only books because i told you the bible is biblia which means library so book books 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 book one book 66 books in the bible now the books were not written based on chapters it was somebody who later a, a scholar a christian scholar who felt like it's, to make it easier for people they divided it into chapters so they divided it into into chapters now then someone later on so so christian leaders Fathers divided into chapters. And then later on, someone also said, I think we should do it verses, every chapter. The reason, why, the reason why it was written in books without verses and chapters is so that, for instance, if I say, man must not live by bread alone, Matthew, the book of Matthew says, man must not leave by bread alone. You have to go and now search through Matthew to look for where it's written. It helps you to be more familiar with the Bible. That's one of the things about supermarkets. Every now and then you see, supermarkets will rearrange everything in the shop. So what you know you find usually here, by the time you get there, you have seen other things. You know, have, have you, how many of you have noticed that sometimes you are reading your Bible and you are looking for something but by, because you have to read a whole chapter to find it, by the time you realize you have seen other things that you didn't look, go looking for yeah, so studies help to search and they used to search the scriptures, so that's how they used to do they used to search, look for it, look look over there, turn to this place, turn to that place, that reading it just go through but searching is just, you have to turn pages check the other page, make references alright, so in um, all right, let's go to. Uh, may I now talk about? Wow, ten steps to studying your Bible in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen. It talks about we all with an unveiled faces, as beholding us in a glass, are being transformed. So you need to see beyond the veil. See beyond the veil. That is why spiritualia, spirit, spirituality, to becomes a very important principle in studying the Bible. Because if you step the Bible says in first second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 that nevertheless, when they turn to the Lord, the veil will be taken off. Nevertheless, when they it said up to now, I think verse 15, 14, 13, 14, somewhere they said, up to now, even veil, a veil covers their face, where faces when Moses is red. Up till now but i said that the veil will be taken off when they turn to the lord verse 16 when we turn to the lord the veil will be taken and bible says verse 17 the lord is the spirit so when you turn to the spirit who is the lord hallelujah when you turn to the spirit who is the lord the veil is removed hallelujah i hope you are getting something so it says that now we all with unveiled faces Okay, So if your faces are not veiled, there's not much you can see. You won't see squat in God's way. Where our faces must be unveiled. How do we unveil the faces when we turn to the Spirit of the Lord? That is why this principle of spiritualia, spiritualite examinatu is such a crucial principle, which means that the Scriptures can only be understood by someone whose Spirit is Open to the Lord with reverence, okay. Which actually means spiritual things are under are understood spiritually. Spiritually, it takes Bible says that which the holy which we speak. One, one Corinthians chapter two, verse. 12 and 13. 13 said, which we speak with words, not which not with words which man's wisdom teaches, but with words which the Holy Spirit teaches. So it, Holy Spirit is our main guide. It's like a tall guide into God's word. He says that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. John 16, 13. He will guide you. He's the spirit of truth. The spirit of reality. The word of God is truth and he is the spirit of truth. That's why I said there's no clearer and greater sign that the Holy Spirit is with you than when your heart is in towards the scriptures and you are understanding the scriptures is is the main one of the chief jobs of the Holy Spirit. So the spiritual things when we turn to the Spirit, the veil is removed. Now we all with unveiled faces beholding verse verse eighteen of Second Corinthians chapter three, when the, veil, the the veils are removed, we all beholding us in the glass. Okay, we all beholding us in a glass are being transformed into the same image. We are so what you are beholding is what determines the quality of your transformation, beholding which is the function of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. Hallelujah! So it's important to give ourselves to studying. Now, let me add this it's called it applies to both studying and reading. Now, when you come to the Bible and read. This is so important. Let me just even focus on reading. When you come to the Bible and read, sometimes you feel like, oh, I didn't get anything. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything. No, please don't don't judge the quality of your reading based on how what you felt. Just open your heart and keep reading. Okay? It's very important. You know, there are times you read and you feel all over. The other times you read and it's just... Blunt, K- keep the keep the rhythm, keep the shadow. It's important. Keep the shadow and keep the rhythm. Do you know why? Because it's not every time you eat and the food. Is <laughs> no, there are times you eat, you go to a place, you eat, and it's just okay. It's just okay. It's just food other times, oh, haha, ha. this is the food I, I don't, I will pay anything for this food. I love this food. Like when it's your special days, your birthday or special functions, you go to a particular place, restaurant, and you go and eat this food. You can't wait to eat that crispy, aromatic deck. Yeah, you can't wait to go for that food, you know. But it's not every day you are, you you have to, you get the chance to eat like you are eating in a, a very posh or important or your favorite restaurant. There are times where you are just eating normal food, you grab something you are eating sandwiches break you just go to that sandwich shop or walk in um i mean that 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 uh, cafe and pick something and just eat all right because you have to eat so don't eat only when it is sweet and it's nice you eat because you have to eat there are times you have wonderful meals but it's not every time every meal that is wonderful it's important so when you're same way when you're reading the bible don't only look for glorious times that I feel I feel something just stay on track and stay with the Shadow Number two, it's just like the pebbles. Usually when you see pebbles at the shore or at the river, it is taking many years. They are usually rough, stones that are rough, but many years over the period of time, hitting the hitting the, the friction from the water and the, the sand around rubs it and you don't see it it takes many years for it to happen gradually so a lot is happening but doesn't happen all at once as you read your bible in, in according to Isaiah chapter 28, verse 10, here a little, there a little, precept upon precept, all right? Little by little, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and then you are going, you're going. So just keep the schedule and keep the consistency. Don't look for the wow and the, the uh, fireworks moments. Always you are looking for fireworks moments. Look, fireworks, how many times do we have fireworks? Sometimes once in a year, twice in a year, or three times in a year, it's not. So what I'm saying is that it's good to have some wonderful times in the Word of God. Your words were found. I did eat them. They were oh, the rejoicing of my soul. But it's not every time you may feel like that. And so when you are on a schedule to read your Bible, don't depend your the continuity of your reading and the importance of your reading, the value of your reading. Don't depend it on the way you felt. Wow, stars all around. Amen. It's been very important. So we all with an unveiled faces, behold us in the mirror. Now, so um, to study your Bible, the tools, 10 steps. Okay, number one is schedule time, gather tools, plan your reading. Schedule time, gather tools, plan what you are going to be. So this time I'm going to focus on the book of Timothy. And I want to go deep on the book of Timothy. So schedule time. The same thing like reading, schedule time, all right? Number two. So you know that reading might not take that much. Sometimes maybe reading may take 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes. It depends on what you're reading, all right? Of, yeah, but studying may take one hour, two hours, three hours. So you have to schedule time for study. You might not be able to study every day, but you have to read every day. It's important. You have to read every day. So, schedule time and read. And then number two, get your steady tools. So, what are the steady tools you need? Obviously, you need you need, you need your Bible. Sometimes, it's good to have some apps, Bible app on your phone. So, you can have various versions on your phone. It can be very handy, okay? Sometimes. And you have other books as well. So, your Bible, and then you can get some versions on the app. Bibles, not Bible, Bibles. You need Bibles to study. Bibles, and then you need a a notepad or a journal to write things in. You need a dictionary, certainly, so that when you come across some words, you just try to see what that word is supposed to mean and then go back to. And then you need something I've not mentioned yet, commentary. Commentary is what other people have, scholars or authorities have studied and made, but that in itself is not final. So don't depend so much on authority. Usually what I do is I read my Bible. When I'm studying, I read what I have to read, study without any aid but I probably, if I want to use versions, that is to help me understand what I'm reading. Okay, then once I finish, then I'll take commentary and other aids to see what those authorities have got to say about this text I'm reading, this verse I'm reading. That's for studying, okay? So, what others have got to say, it helps me. Oh, no, I, this one, what this man is saying is quite not the same. Okay, I like what this man is saying. This one, yeah. So, it's just studies, okay? It's important. This is not for pastors. Pastors, but, but this is for just Christians who want to be a good, a Christian wants to be a good student of the Bible. And every Christian, that must be your target. Hallelujah. So, and then get some pens, obviously, and then maps. Sometimes good to have a Bible map nowadays because of electronic uh, access. You can have access to Bible map. The days of Abraham. The other time I was going, I was studying on Abraham. I had to check. You travel from Shechem to Hebron from Hebron to Egypt uh, Egypt to you know Beersheba and then to where are these places? North when sometimes good to have a map where I say oh, okay so he was moving from here to here. It helps enrich my studies. Okay. So number one is schedule a time. Number two, get your study tools. Number three, pray. Pray. This should be your prayer topic when you pray, because um, this should be your prayer. Lord, help me to focus because sometimes you can be distracted. Help me to focus. Lord, uh, speak to me when I'm praying. Lord, speak to me as I read my Bible. I study this word, speak to me. And then you also have to pray that, um, Lord, speak to me. Lord, change me. Change me as I read my Bible. Change me. Change me. Change sometimes, after reading your Bible, you must have a desire to forgive a desire to to give a desire to to abstain from something or cut off from something, change your approach, stop doing something, evangelize, be more in church, read more you know something something must change you, something must be tuned inside you so when you are studying uh now number four is uh, read with purpose or study with purpose. It's about God. It's not about arguments. It's not about just information. It's about God. You are feeding. So when you come, you read with purpose and watch out against the hand-me-down-dos. You know, hand-me-down-dos, what one people, one people have told you that this is what it, it should be. This is what it should. So sometimes you are reading and then you are, you are reading it, filtering it through the hand-me-down-dos and actually not being, that's why I say when I'm reading, I sometimes go straight to them the Bible. Read it first before I see what others have got to say. All right, and uh, personal needs and desire. Also, watch out because you are so much in need of a husband. Everything you are reading, you are seeing it in the light of a husband. You are so much in need of your husband or your wife becoming so romantic to you. Everything you are seeing. When Bible says John put his head on Jesus chest, you are reading it in the light of romance. So we have to be careful what you are looking for so you don't project that onto the scripture as you read it. Watch out for these things and watch out for wrong views of God, Christ, the Holy Spirit. When people have wrong view of God, wrong view of Christ, wrong view of the Holy Spirit, when you are reading, it can taint that. So just make sure these things, you watch watch out. So watch out for hand me hand me down dues. uh, Watch out for denominational bias. Watch out for personal needs and desire. You so much are looking for breakthrough that everything you are reading has seen breakthrough. Judas went to betray Jesus. You saw the way he got money and he threw the money away. How could you have done that? You see, (laughs) Uh, how can Peter say, may your money perish with you? Well, we need money for the work of God. How? So now, you see, you are not listening or reading in the light of, Peter said, your heart is not right. You didn't hear that one. You, because you are reading it with, your personal desires and needs—it can—it has a way of clouding your judgment as you read it or what you see. So we have to watch out for these things. So number one, shadow. Two, read, get get your steady tools. Number three, pray. Number four, read with a purpose. Number five, read with perspective. Perspective, and that's what leads me to this whole thing. Uh, in a uh, right interpretation, when you are reading perspective, we are talking about interpret interpretation. How are you interpreting what you are reading? How are you interpreting what you are reading? I think I'll I'll end on number five and just um. Yeah, I'll end up number five, but let me just give you a few points on how to interpret the Bible. This is actually a whole message on its own, but let me mention them quickly, how to interpret the Bible or five steps to Bible interpretation, effective Bible interpretations, five steps to effective. Number one, read it literally. Oh, do you mean the Bible, what the Bible says, is it literal? Yes, What the Bible does not mean, the Bible means what it says. Okay, so when you read your Bible, read it literally, because the Bible was written. It's it's just, read it like you read any book. Any book. Oh, are you trying to say the Bible is like any book? Yes, it's written like any book, but just that this one is inspired, remember? Uh, Total scriptura. Total scriptura. All of it is inspired, okay? All scripture is inspired. So, read it like like you read a book. When you read a book, and the book... um, And the book said that, um, and uh, 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 he asked him to give him water to drink. Like, good, the Samaritan woman, Jesus said, give me water to drink. What else can that mean? Why would you say Jesus said, I want you to be my girlfriend? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? When he said, give me water to drink, what does it mean? When he said Jesus was walking on the water, what does it mean? It doesn't mean that he was, uh, they, they, they saw him, they were dreaming, they were dazed, so they thought he was walking. No, the Bible didn't say they thought the, he was walking. The Bible said he came to them walking on the water. So read it literally. Literally, what does this say? See, sometimes people read into text allegor- allegorization of scripture. Like um somebody says that Jesus Christ, when he multiplied the bread to feed the people, they have already stashed a lot of bread behind the scene. And because he was wearing the robe, his disciples were passing it to him. And then he would pull it out of his robe like the way the magicians do it. So it looked like he was doing miracle. But come on, come on, come on. Some, somebody says that when you says multiply it, turn the water into wine. The water, it was actually the residue of the wine. Because, because the people were drunk, when they, read, they were drinking it, they thought it was wine, but it wasn't wine. They were just drinking residue of, wow, come on, come on, come on. You see, so read it literally. What does it say? What does the text say? What does, in fact, James, I think Romans chapter 10 said, what does it say? it? Romans chapter 10, I think verse 6 or verse 7 said, what does it say? What does the text say? The text said Jesus Christ resurrected. That's it. Don't say the disciples were having illusions. So they began to project. No, no. What does the text say? Uh, one day a Sunday school teacher was teaching the children and he says that he, he watered down the scripture and allegorized the scripture that when the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea, come, no one can pass through sea, but it was the, the swampy part of the Red Sea. It's not, it just edges. Or it's almost like a river, but they thought it was a sea. It's a river and it was swampy and so they could just walk through it. And then one of the children said, wow so the the teacher said that so it wasn't a miracle then one of the, ch- the children said teacher then this is where the miracle happens and that same swamp drowned all the armies of pharaoh swamp drowned the armies they got drowned in a swamp that is a, certainly a miracle when the bible said the sun stood still please please it means the sun The sun stood still. It doesn't mean that uh, people were becoming so tired, so they all fell asleep and they woke up. They didn't realize a whole day has passed. Come on. (laughs) That's what is called allegorization of scriptures. It's wrong. Don't read into the text. So what does it mean? It's literal. Read the Bible like any other book. It's a literal text. What is written is literal, just that it's inspired. In the Bible, a verse Uh, sorry, a verb is a verb, a noun is a noun, a pronoun is a pronoun, and an adjective is an adjective. An adjective is not an adverb, an adjective is an adjective. A verb is a verb, and a noun is a noun. A sentence is a sentence, and a phrase is a phrase, and a statement is a statement in the Bible. So when the Bible, they said, and Jesus said, it's in quotation marks, it means that it's it's a quote. It's quoted. It's not the person saying. It's quoted. See, so read it literally. That's how to interpret the Bible. Read it literally, and then uh, note the literal literary genre. Sorry, sometimes maybe am I reading a historic narration? He was telling the history about when they got here, like Paul's in the book of Acts. It's practically history. They're telling history history the Bible contains history okay historical information and it's it's authentic it's, it's the history of the Bible is on un, unimpeachable okay so uh, uh, it tells history stories and stuff like that but it's not all history there is parables there are parables in it don't read a parable like you're reading instructions. Okay, a parable. A parable is a parable. A parable is something that is used as abstract, something that is used to communicate something tangible. Okay, so it's a story to communicate. So when is so know what you are reading. So, for instance, when you are reading the book of Proverbs or Ecclesiastes or some concern, these are they are written in a poetic form. So don't read it like you are reading history. It's a poetry. For, look at Proverbs. He writes things, then something can repeat it and say it and can repeat it. It's a proverb. So read it. So be mindful of what you are reading. You are the journal. The genre of the book you are reading. Is it poetry? Is it history, historical narrative? Is it law? Is it uh, uh, um, uh, letters? Like, you know, the letters of Paul. Paul wrote a a letter to Timothy, wrote a letter to Philemon. Am I reading a letter or am I I reading a historical account? It's very important. It will help in your interpretation. So remember uh, the five steps to interpretation. Read it literally. Okay, be literal. Number two, know the context. Sometimes you are reading something. You have to know the context within which it's being said. For instance, it says that the head of the woman is the man in, in corinthians the head of the woman is the man the head of the man is christ the head of christ is god or something like that so it's like a key so within that context it doesn't mean anytime you see a woman in the bible it means the head is man no that's not what it means he said what i'm talking about the head of the woman within this subject in the context of which i'm explaining this one where there's a place in first corinthians chapter 41 it says that in the church I would rather that I speak five intelligible words than speak in tongues. Some people say, ah, that's you mean that you don't speak in tongues. Please be true to the context. Read the context. He said that I might instruct others by my voice. When you are not instructing others, he didn't say you can't speak in tongues. He said that I might instruct others. 1 Corinthians fourteen eight. So you read it within the context and take... Um, take the context into, co- into consideration. Read, be, respect the context, okay? And sometimes, remember, you are dealing with linguistics, you are dealing with culture, you are dealing with history and geography. Linguistics that are not familiar with your cultural context. Culture that is not familiar with your culture. For instance, when they remove their shoes, that was Jesus started to wash their feet. Since I grew up, my normal life, my culture, where the culture grew up. I never saw anyone trying to wash other people's feet. Oh, UK, do we do? Do we see people washing other people's feet? Is so when they said he says wash their feet, we have to read it and get it within the cultural uh, cultural context and the historic context. Maybe even now they don't. No one does. It, but historic context. When he said that at that time, he said when Pontius Pilate said this, or they said you have to kill him. Why did they say Con Pontius Pilate? Why didn't they do it themselves? Why did it? See, you have to sometimes you must be mindful that there's a historical. Context within which what is your reading is presented, you are studying is presented. That is why it's important to take note of all these things. So in the cultural and geographical context, maybe they may mention uh um uh, uh the air of the child is geographically, where is it? It might not be the same name, like when you said to the churches that are in Asia, Asia is is Ephesus is in modern day. Turkey. And you won't go there and see Ephesus or some of the names that are in the Bible because geographically it might be, for instance, modern day Iraq happens to be Babylon. Those days when they said where well, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar was either I think Iran or Iraq. Okay. Abraham El the Cadius. He came from Iraq when he was called from that place so just geographical context will also help when that's when you are you are studying so be literal know the context number three analyze the sentence structure okay as i said a verb is a verb a, a, a noun is a noun okay play pay close attention to the meaning of words you have to be a word merchant. A meaning of words. That's why sometimes we hear someone say in the Hebrew, this this word actually means this. So pay close attention. Sometimes you don't have to study Hebrew or Greek to understand. Just that pay close attention to the meaning of words, the word that was used, all right, when it says that uh, he who fornicates, has sins against his own body. What the word sin, what does it actually mean? Sin against his own body. Are you harming your body? Things like that. So you have to pay close attention to the words. And then number four, compare your interpretation with total totality of scripture. Okay, that's as I mentioned the other time. Atomism. Don't say this is true here and this one is. Even though they contradict, this is also true. No, compare with total scripture. So don't get into atomism. Remember analogia scriptura. Analogy of faith, analogy of scripture. Scripture speaks. The best interpreter of scripture is scripture. So use the scripture to interpret the scripture. Okay, and make sure that you are you are you are consistent with. You can read something and say this is what it means, but in another version, in another place of the same Bible, it's saying something else. So that means that you didn't understand this part. If this is conflicting with what this is saying, maybe you didn't get it properly. And I think read within the context you interpret scripture with scripture you interpret scripture and then number five look for principles to apply when you are reading what read it existentially I think I'll mention it look for how um, it fits into my life how can I apply this not is it necessary? No, it's always necessary. Every scripture is necessary, but see how you can also apply it. So, um, five steps to effective Bible interpretation number one, li- be literal, number two, know the context, number three, analyze the sentence structure, number four, compare your interpretation with the totality of scripture, number five, look for principles to apply. So, this under uh, under point number five, read with perspective, talking about the 10 steps to. Studying the Bible, okay? 10 steps to study in the Bible. You have to read or do proper interpretation. Now, I've showed you how to interpret effectively the Scriptures. So, to recap... Ten steps to studying the Bible. Schedule time. Get your tools, okay, your study tool. Pray. Read with purpose. And number five, uh, read with perspective. In other words, interpretation, interpretation, interpretation. In our next teaching, I'll go on point six, point seven, point eight, point nine, point ten on how to study your Bible. We thank God for using the servant Reverend Dr. David entry to share this awesome Bible. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at karis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.